Oh, yes, and a Hey Nani Nani. Welcome to Harmontown, everybody. How are you tonight? As comptroller of Harmontown, I, Jeff Davis, officially declare this session of Harmontown to be in session. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage the mayor of Harmontown, Dan Harmon. Thank you. Thank you. You're a good crowd. You're a good crowd. I don't say that every week. Uh, I'm not gonna because they aren't always good crowds. No, no. Sometimes I won't get away with that lie anymore because we're uh, on the internet now. I am uh, notoriously bad at opening shows. Uh, case in point, what I just did. Uh, what was that? Uh, like a, but I want you to think of it as more of an evolution of of, of performance on stage. Uh, the the uh, the almighty mud skipper, for instance, and uh, the link between fish and breathing uh, uh, reptile. Uh, well, not a graceful entrance. <laughs> But perhaps one of the most important things that ever happened. A floundering, slimy, sweaty, gross thing. Gasping for air uh, in, in mud. Think about it next time you're about to judge somebody. Uh, so could... this show is flopping its way onto the shore of yeah. entertainment. Yeah. Here's, here's a, here, here was another awkward transition to a, a, a greater world. Maybe you heard of him. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, don't you feel a little bad about how you welcomed him? <laughs> so I ask you again, are you having a good time tonight? I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Sorry. I, I, do. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I don't want to lose people at leverages people uh, emotionally. I didn't, I didn't mean to do that. Um, the theme of tonight is confession. Uh, if we're going to found a new colony, as we will one day, I promise, and we're going to talk about the Mars uh, uh, developments later, Jeff has a theory that I think is very important for him to confess. Well, we'll, get, we'll get to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or we won't, uh, because we're both drunk, and that, that segues me into what I think is the more important theme. If, but I'll just say to you later, if, if the show's dragging later, <laughs> as opposed to now... <laughs> If yeah, the, this, this rocket ship that we're on right if now. You, if you see this look on our face that you may have sometimes seen where we're like, hey, Jim Henson, why? Um, you, feel free to shout out, Mars, and we'll get Jeff started on his obsessive theories about what's happening I, there I, I right now. I can stand by everything, I think. But th I want to start with the theme of confession, partly because our surprise guest tonight kind of, I, I, I think he's a good way to start things out, and I want to get him out of here because he's doing us a favor. I don't have a lot of guests anymore. I went on uh, uh, our following guests podcast live in San Francisco uh, uh, months and months and months ago during the comedy festival in San Francisco, and I... They uh, they had some preamble to their podcast. Uh, there's four, four guys that host it, and or maybe there was only two. <laughs> I don't know. I, I walked in pretty drunk, and uh, they all did stand up. Why, why were you that drunk? You 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 knew that you were at a comedy festival. You're a professional. Why did you show up that drunk? <laughs> I, I don't. I, I mean, I, you know, I mean, you just. 
the show was on at eight, and you just started drinking at two, or what? I don't. I think I think it was on at, at, at let's say it was on at nine, and I got there at eight thirty. But then I wasn't on until midnight. That was part of my whole uh, shtick. If you listen to the thing, I come out and I'm like, "You kept me waiting back there," and I was like, "I, I and I, I was doing a bit. I was being my 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 uh, bag of tricks is like I go, I'm angry. Like like it's a it's a it's a dumb bit. Like I just fall back on it. I don't know. My dad hit me too much. I, I just like, I, I I think it's funny to come out and go like, well, I was waiting backstage forever. And then I started making fun of them for doing stand-up, which precipitated in me making fun of stand-up in general, which resulted in me over and over and over again. And for those of you who are who are alcoholics, you know that the first thing that goes out the window is your sense of overkill uh, and timing. Uh, you become a six-year-old child who's just like, well, this is this is funny. And, I, and, and if they stop laughing, I'll just wait for them to uh, remember how funny it is. And I kept it's, it's this, called Harmontown. I kept, <laughs> I kept doing this joke over and over and over again, where I was like, I was just doing a, a joke about jokes. I was doing, I was like pretending to be a stand-up and going, well, black people uh, are on a podcast like this, and white people are on a podcast like that, and and that reaction happened. The silence. <laughs> When I was growing up, it was a big deal. You know, you come out, you point out the differences between black people and white people. It was uh, very celebrated, very funny. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I picked the wrong decade to lampoon that. And uh, I picked the wrong substance to lampoon it on, for all I know. I, but most of this is a blur to me. The important thing about tonight's story, before I bring him up, this is how I want to introduce him, because I barely know this guy. I was on his podcast once. I've met him twice. I, he was here last week because he was finishing a podcast upstairs here at... Uh, meltdown with uh, John Crickfalusi, and uh, I happen to bump into him. Hey, how are you? Haven't seen you since I ruined your podcast. Why haven't you aired it? And, and uh, I expected the answer to be, well, because you're a big sloppy drunk shithead, and uh, you <laughs> fucked up the whole thing, and it's unairable, uh, which I would accept, but I would also be like, fuck you, you prude. <laughs> If that was his answer. His answer was, well, you know, by the time we started being ready to release it, that Chevy Chase thing happened, and then then that happened, and we waited for that to cool out, and then, like, you got fired. And, <laughs> and there was no point in time where I felt like, ah, we're doing this guy a big favor by airing this episode. <laughs> but, but he said that. It was like, wow, you're, you're a good guy. Would you come up tonight? You want to be a guest thing? And, and I was like, dude, I know you have dinner plans. He's like, yeah, maybe next week. And he showed up tonight. He showed up in the green room. And I said, how, how quick can we get you out of here? He said, as quick as possible. And I've already betrayed him. Uh, <laughs> but I wanted to make sure my introduction was fitting because I want you to know, because I, I don't know that much about him. I only know that about him, that, which I think is a lot. He's a gentleman in a world without gentlemen. I want. I want to. I don't know what we're going to do with him. Let's just talk to him. Maybe tee off the theme of confession. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Doug Benson. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, sorry. What? <laughs> I, I didn't know who it was. Please, I just, uh, please. I just, I just presumed. Please welcome to what is basically his own stage, Chris Hardwick. Come on. <laughs> Hello, Dan Harmon. Pussy fever, got pussy fever. Oh my God! Thank God! I got pussy fever. I don't want the cure. It's sad now. That's a thing from Community, and uh, it's so sad now. It's. <laughs> it's, it's, it's you know what you should do like is you should drop the song down into a minor key, so it's sad. <laughs> 
Pussy fever. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like when you when you research St. Patty's Day and you find out that yeah. the, uh, the you know, oh the colors are ooh, people got slaughtered and you, you, you dig deep in any holiday and you find out some guy got hung upside down and eviscerated. Now pussy now pussy fever is like the book Hot Zone, where it's just like uh, everyone's. It's, I don't know what that means. Uh, it's, uh, that was the the monkey book. The, uh, the that, one. that was a brave confession. Yeah, thank you. Uh, see, we're confessing tonight. That's good. That was a nice. That was a nice. That was a nice long intro. Yes, the truth of the matter was, uh, I was worried that because you were making fun of stand-up, right? Which I know as a comedian, right? And the audience was way on board with you at first. For the first. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a point until I tried to introduce them to what I call the rule of 18s. <laughs> the rule of in comedy. The rule of 18s, which is uh, one through nine. Nine, really funny. Ten through fifteen, wow. And then sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, even more hilarious. hilarious. Andy yeah, Kaufman this, is reborn. This is a picture I took of you on stage. It's a picture of me. I look like you a can't uh, really, frog. Yeah, he looks like a Dan, Dan's drunk on the stage. Basically, that he looks like it looks like a, a toddler photograph from a Sears portrait studio. Because I was learning to walk. <laughs> And this is this is where you were like you were grinding. I was humping the stage. I you was, were grinding your junk into the stage, going black people do this and white people do this, and 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 there was with no there was no there was no subject. Yeah. It was, and so at a certain point, you know, a couple of people were like, "Hey," and I just didn't. It was not at all about race. Nothing you were doing was actually about race, but I just didn't. When the when the Chevy thing broke, I didn't want it to be another like. TMZ or someone goes, and look at this offensive thing he's doing over there. Right. This guy's full of some. No, you sure. know. I had become Charlie Sheen for a, for like a, thir- a, a most exhilarating three weeks of my life, and I was Charlie Sheen. And I, I mean, a very minor scale. And if people if people don't get what you're, I just didn't want people to make it about something that it was never about. It was about you making fun of us because he came out. We did. You didn't go on at midnight. It was, but it wasn't early. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, okay, maybe we have some contention yeah. here. Yeah, no, no, but it wasn't. I early. think I was waiting back. There there it long enough early. to drink two bottles of Grey Goose. <laughs> it was a, That's how I measure time. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so we, uh, you know, we did stand up up top of the show, and then you, and then you, and then you came out. And I love that you were making fun of us, and you were making fun of standard. It was so much. It was such a great dynamic on the show. But we always want people to feel like, you know, fun and celebrated and positive and but also safe and safe. And you just didn't want, you know, I just didn't want the wrong person to take something that they read in a headline out of context and say, oh, that Dan Harmon did this. It's like, no, you weren't there. He wasn't about that at all. Right. And so that that's all. It was just sort of that's like... What my, my story is, it doesn't even matter if you're right or wrong. The fact that that's the diamond loop you have in your eye when you're looking at anything makes you one of the last true gentlemen in a horrible wasteland. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, we're all eating each other. I mean, I, I, I would like to think I would also, the thought that thought would also cross my mind. Uh, Partly, I, I don't know, but but I was like, I was just astounded. It was like I did not expect the, to hear that coming out of your mouth. I, I really don't know you, and I, I for for you to extend me that courtesy, it's, it, I expected to see a guy ride by on a giant bicycle. Uh, I felt I felt like we were in, a, in an era where you, know, you, you put your pinky out when you drank, and the, you put a cape over the thing. It was just like it, it seemed like second nature to you. Like huh, you had enough problems going on back then. Yeah, I just didn't want to. I just didn't want to add that. And it was like, and but the truth of the matter is, the audio on live shows is very very difficult uh we do get a lot of complaints on that because 
We set, you know, four mics are set on the table, and people lean back, people lean forward, you know, the audience is mic'd separately, and audio levels on live shows are just very hard to, to normalize. So that, that was actually the other issue. Uh, you know, so it really, it really, it really was a couple things, but it was a really fun show, and I'm glad that you did it, and we'll have you back on. Also, racism levels are hard to, uh, <laughs> Too, so I, don't, I don't know. Well, I thought, it's, it's I also think, hard to, uh, uh, on, a, on a podcast to, to really get the, um, the sensation of a, a white man humping a stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Supposedly lampooning something while inventing a new art form himself. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, people here know, but it's a classic, it's sort of a classic stand up. You know, when you're making fun of stand-up comedy, you say things like, men and women are like this, and San Francisco and New York are like this, and right. flying is like this, and <laughs> black people do this. The Simpsons, the Simpsons have the classic, you know, yeah. oh, black people drive a car like this, do-do-do, you know, right. white people are like... And cla classic's the important word. I was doing it 20 years after everyone already got the joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, There's that, it's, it's, that, it's that one Simpsons episode where, where Homer's on the couch and he's watching, he's like, it's true, we're so lame, or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> and they made, you know, like, they, so that is a classic classic stand-up, making fun of stand-up joke. But I just didn't want people to misconstrue what you what it was actually well, about. Well, I thought it was amazing. My philosophy is I got drunk, went on your show, and said stuff into a recorder. Uh, and <laughs> well, also, also, I'm currently famous for, for playing a guy's voicemail into a thing. I don't think you can... Go, go ahead, let it loose. My deals are closed with CBS and Fox. So. My, my, favorite, my, favorite part about, my favorite part about how druggy you were is you came out, you're like, you would talk for a second, you were like, yeah, you know, Heat Vision and Jack. I am so drunk, and it is your fault. It is your motherfucking fault that I am this drunk. I've been backstage for five hours. It wasn't really five hours, but you, but it, it must have felt like. It must have. Uh, but we should. But I do have to apologize. We should not have all done stand up before you came out. We should have just brought you out. Well, you shouldn't have had Matt Myra headline. <laughs> uh, I don't. That, I just said that to get a laugh, and it didn't get it big worked. enough. No, it, it, it didn't. Uh, are, are we going to get a confession out of uh, Chris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I, wanted to, I, I said to you backstage because here's the other thing about Chris. And I don't know how public it is and how much it isn't, but I know that my girlfriend. After I did this, after I did this debacle, uh, it was was it was after that that my girlfriend Aaron, who came to San Francisco with me and watched this whole thing, she was like. Uh, you know, part of that might have been a little bit of a thing. <laughs> you know, Chris is uh, sober. He he used to drink. Now he doesn't anymore. And I thought, like, like people that used to drink and now don't anymore, like a good eighty-five percent of them are pretty uncomfortable around. No, no, no. It's a good reminder that I made the right pit. choice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how I'd think of it. Uh, that, that's how I'd assume. But, but no, no, no. But, uh, I don't. I never. I don't care. I've been I've been sober for nine years. Like it, I don't even remember. I have I have flashes of like. Oh yeah, I used to be that. Guy. I've now pawned it off on. I had this fat brother named Peter, and he used to fuck <laughs> shit up. Like I don't even take responsibility for it anymore. Um, um, that, so, but I thought because tonight's theme is confessions. Yeah, we're having you come up, and I'm confessing that I ruined your podcast, and I did it because I'm an alcoholic no, asshole. No, 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 it wasn't. And you're a great stand-up guy. No, no. Uh, I was wondering if you in the green room. I said like maybe in classic s sober fashion, maybe you have a. A confession. A couple drunk. I can I can give you a couple drunk confessions. Um, what one is, one is sort of a cool story, bro, because it doesn't really go anywhere. But um, uh, in 2001, I went to London and I was visiting. I was just went to London for a couple of weeks because you can literally drink everywhere in London. Like you can drink in museums, you can drink at zoos. Like everywhere it just has alcohol, and they think it's adorable and charming. And I, that's when I started to know I had a problem. Was like, wow, I really fit in here. Like I knew I had a problem. <laughs> 
and because uh, I was just all about it all the time. And and Zach Galifianakis was out there shooting a submarine movie called Below, and so I stayed with him for a couple days. And uh, he we went out one night, and he was with these the other actors in the movie were these like pretty schmancy British actor types. And so we went to all these underground British clubs, and I got really fucking drunk. And at about 3 a.m. somewhere in London, uh, I tried to hit on Bjork. <laughs> 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 All right. I got so it. That, that headline works in tabloid format. <laughs> yeah. With an exclamation point. Yeah. I tried to hit on Bjork. I tried to hit on Bjork. Uh, okay, okay, can you, uh, what was your first move? <laughs> My first move was staring at her for an hour and a half. Right? Uh, That's actually good because she's fascinated by fire hydrants. She is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Probably mythologized you. Yes, whenever she speaks, this weird subtitle with a brush script font appears. Uh, 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 and so, uh, you know, I was, I was, I was basically just like this. I must have felt like it was like ten minutes, but it really was like an hour and a half. And so Zach and all these other, all of his his smashy British actor friends were like, uh, "Yeah, because all right, if we go." And I'm like, "No, man, I'm totally gonna make my move. I'm gonna hit on Bjork." Um, and so she was talking to some other people, and then finally. Uh, I, they were ready to leave, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do it. And so I walk up to her, and I tap her on the shoulder, and she, she turns around like this, you know, just, just looking all Bjorky. And, um, <laughs> and, I, and I, and I, and I'm like, <gasps> like I take the breath in to go to ask her a question, and she sees me and immediately just turns around and scampers <laughs> up. She may have disappeared in a pile of dust or been swallowed by the earth, I'm not 100% she's from, sure. She's from Iceland, she knows when she's gonna get puked at. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. She's turned into a pyre, a pile of fire salts, and then I don't know what happened. So you never even had a conversation. I never even had a conversation with her, with her and so it was such a failure. And uh, and then so it's like she immediately started talking to some other guy. So we all like I have to like walk with all these people who I'd been making wait forever for this utter moment of failure. And we we end up going back uh, and you know hanging out. And then I was sitting on the bed, and Zach videotaped me being really bummed that I totally struck out with Bjork. And I'm like... Are you saying her by name? In the, yeah, the, I'm saying her by name. And I'm like, uh, Bjork. And then she... And then she <laughs> I think I said, like, and then this other guy showed up. He totally cock-Bjorked me. Uh, <laughs> and... and uh, which to try, I really said that, but I was genuinely bummed that in my in my drunken state of mind that uh, that I had this moment that was a total like I would have had any. Well, this chance. brings to mind. This is something that I constantly want to ask, and I have the, I probably the, the coolest sober person I've ever talked to uh, in, in, in my life up here. So this is a perfect time to ask this. I hear that story. Perfect example. I go. So why aren't you still drinking? <laughs> What's wrong with that? You, you gotta. You gotta give. You gotta that's fucking get point. back on the Bjork saddle and fucking. Well, I mean, those other not, Bjorks. Because I talk to other people, and they go like, "Yeah, I woke up in a puddle of blood, and I kept doing that." Third time of day, yeah, you got to stop waking up in puddles of blood. Well, no, yeah. <laughs> you get a dark one. Don't don't think of it as a comedy show. Do, give, give us a second one, and then I'll let you go to dinner with the. Uh... <laughs> With Bjork, a, a, <laughs> a dark one. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't just that there was like. It wasn't any specifically that any one thing happened. It's just when I look back at what my life was like back then. I had been on MTV in the '90s, and there was this sort of unspoken curse. Like, well, if you're on MTV, like 
that's it. You know, like you probably won't do anything else after that. Because uh, a lot of people didn't. Uh, and the, the business was less forgiving back then for crossing over. Like if you were VJ, if you're on MTV, it was like, yeah, you know, sort of like being what people consider like being an internet personality now, you know, and someday right. that'll change. Uh, or it's in the process of changing. And so um, I, I just, I was, I had, I was like chunky and blotchy and I didn't, I wasn't working. And I think I just kind of looked at the sort of like, here's the landscape of my life. I can keep doing this, which would be fine. You know, like I wasn't, I never had to go to the hospital. Well, except for one time, uh, I jumped over a wall and like fucked up my foot. Like that was it. <laughs> and I was also fat and I had these leather pants. It was really embarrassing. Um, <laughs> Uh, you never wear leather. No, no one. Were, were you fat and in leather pants when you tried to pick up Bjork? <laughs> no, yes, I was, as a matter of fact. And I Je think Jeff put it together. And Leave you know it to what? Jeff. You know what? I think in in my drunken mind, I'm like, I was like Jim Morrison. You know, like his fucking fat guy with leather pants. One day, some hot girl's gonna blow me in an elevator, and that never happened. Um, that never, ever, ever happened. And so I think I just, uh, you know, I was, I just kind of, the truthfully, like sincerely, I just kind of got to a point. It wasn't that anything specifically bad happened, but just a period of my life was just sort of like a dark ages where nothing really moved forward and it just kind of kept getting worse and worse. And I, I just thought, you know, right when I was about 30, 31, I was like, you know, I can stay on this path. And that's fine. I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't black out drunk. But nothing else really substantial is probably really gonna happen in my life. But I also realized, wow, I have this crazy ability to to focus on something. Like I'm clearly addicted to alcohol. So you know, what if I could refocus that? You know. So like there was this idea of maybe I could take this demon that I had and figure out how to spin it in a way where I could use it instead of denying that I had it. So I did, you know, I go on. Okay. <laughs> As Jeff goes to the, the, the vodka bucket. Um, and so, you know, I did. And then when I quit, then I realized like, oh, yeah, I had all these problems that I wasn't dealing with. And then, you know, there was a little period where I, where I had to, uh, you know, fix the brain. Every conversation I have with people, I go, like, first question is, are you an alcoholic? I immediately, I can't say yes fast enough. The reason, <laughs> the reason is because I've, I, I caught onto the game. Game. If you say no, you're an alcoholic. Right. Oh, yeah. Some people, some people will, like, oh, you're in denial, huh? You're like, but you didn't even give me the... Yeah, I just, I just, I just clipped the blue wire right away. <laughs> I don't care if it blows up or diffuses the bomb, but I, I'm not going to stand there and go, oh, uh, uh, and they're going, it sounds like an alcoholic to me. Because 85% of everyone is a dick. Um, yeah. 85% of all drunks are dicks, and 85% of all sober people are dicks. And you you meet less sober people than you meet drunks. So if you're drunk and you meet a sober person, 85% chance you're going to have a fucking bad time because you don't meet that many and 85% of them are dicks. And and what and, and a sober dick is somebody who gets as much identity from being sober as a drunk gets out of being drunk. Like you met them when you were drunk, you met them when they were drunk. Like they they alcohol is their life. I'm a drunk. I love being drunk. Let's drink. And then they and then they find Jesus or they get sober and then it's like, I'm sober. Are you sober? I'm sober. I'm sober. Drunk people like, talk like this. Sober people talk like this. <laughs> But I never knew you were sober. I, I met you. I, I, I walked into your life 
pissed on your stage. Yep. <laughs> raped your dog. <laughs> uh, did a shot of Fernet Branca. Walked out. And then someone else told me, you know, he's sober. Oh, but I don't really... It doesn't never bothers me because I, I don't, you know... I, I'm, I'm definitely not someone who looks around everyone and they're like, well, oh, that person should probably... Like, I have my problems. Other people have their own path. I just don't fucking... You know, like, that. that's just how, that's just how it is for me. I, I just don't tell people. I, I don't judge people that way. All right. How do we? How, do, how do you judge people? Oh, all right. <laughs> do you want to plug anything, or uh, you don't need to? You're King Kong. No, 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 no. I'm just glad that you're doing the show here weekly now. I mean, it's really fun, and I love for anyone who's listening. Eh, four people support that. Yeah. Um, uh, but I love for anyone who's listening to this podcast. You should really know, like Dan walks the line when people are lining up, gets suggestions, talks to people. Like, there's a very there's a very communal thing. Are you enjoying? Your time here, it must it must yeah, be nice therapy. I, I it's can't, nice, I, I, right? I won't, I won't do therapy. I can't do it. What do you What do you not like about therapy? Uh, it's dumb people. Uh, oh, wow, oh shit! Wow, Holy wow, shit! Wow, Mothra just flew on stage. Flying cockroach. Girl, <laughs> it's a flying cockroach. A cockroach the size of a hubcap just hit Dan in the chest. The, the, hair, the hair stood on the back of my I thought, head. I thought somebody threw a frisbee. No, at I you. thought I, I thought a group of therapists got busted. <laughs> I thought I was going to get fucking murdered by a, 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 the middle a, of the bell curve. A pterodactyl. I, 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 I thought that people with the minimal requirements for degrees, yeah, and judging you, you, people. You, you called a uh, you called a, uh, a demographic stupid and a giant animal came attacked. <laughs> That's an argument for shamanism, if anything. Actually, I didn't say shaman. Was bullshit. Whoever sent that <laughs> Dan, moth up Dan, here? Snake, snake. <laughs> I, li- I like to think that that was the drunk fairy. Dan, you tell him, Dan. You tell him. But he's but it's, it's undoing ironically. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, the thing is not dead. Can we kill it? All right, we crushed it. Like I, uh, someone okay, crushed it. A, a hero in our audience stepped forward and slayed the, the, the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly, men! Holy shit. Quickly! Please, fetch me a toothpick. We must place its head on a spike to warn its compatriots. Good. Oh my god. Oh my god. Dude, you fucking destroyed. But didn't even flinch. Just got up and just 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 dispatched it. Now Emily's coming up with a napkin like. Like it's fifties radio. Like now my a, question is, my question is, what if that was Bjork in fairy form? Oh. It was like, I have been summoned to somebody <laughs> has spoken my name three times, and then she shows up, and then blam. <laughs> <laughs> She, she had her chance where you were fat and in leather. <laughs> a real right, fairy well, would have seen the, the, the prince that you were going to become. That's right. She didn't know. Let's thank Chris Hardwick. Thank you, everyone. Out. Thank you, Dan Harmon. Thank you, Jeff Davis. I... Thank you, Chris. That was delightful. I can't think of a better closer. I didn't, I didn't know. I don't know how to close it. I told. I warned him in the green room. I don't know how to do interviews. But please come up because I want to tell people how cool you are. Uh, for all I know, he he could be a rapist. I don't know. I don't know anything about him. I know two things about him, and they suggest that he's like a knight in shining armor. He seems like a cool guy. Yeah, I see right through it. I won't listen to. 
I, I, no, you, 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 you caught out immediately. You, you, you zeroed in on the leather pants thing. You're like, what were you wearing? Like, well, like well, he's telling yeah, the story. And I would, I would, I would guess that if, um, if you're really drunk and you're, you're flirting with Bjork and you're at a low point in your life, you probably also are fat and have leather pants on. <laughs> It takes a Jeff to notice these things. Uh, we all just heard, it you take, know. It takes a Jeff. All we heard is that Bjork's a bitch. Uh, anyways. No. Uh, no, he's cool. Uh, you know, also, uh, real quickly, that's, uh, that Chris Hardwick section of uh, Harmontown was brought to you by... Adidas. <laughs> Nike. Yes, all of Harmontown is brought to you by the top-of-the-line comfort-fitting state-of-the-art yeah. shoe. Yeah, strap on the smooth comfort and easy walkability of Adidas, you pieces of shit at Nike. We're doing this for free for Adidas until yeah. you pony up some money. Fucking... We're inverting the advertising paradigm. Nike, pay us P money to make phone. us stop telling you that Adidas is the most perfect shoe you will ever wear in your fucking life. It's like putting your foot into a uterus of, of comfort. Who's working for who? P pick up a phone, Nike, you douchebags. Adidas isn't paying us a dime. We just decided to fucking love them. Nike. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna strong arm Nike into it. It, 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 it might it might cost a dollar to make us stop advertising yeah. Adidas, a, 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 unless any, Puma gives us ten. A, a, uh, anybody, anybody can be Greg Proops and get Spotify or the the, the, the Adam and Eve yeah. Audible dot com. Yawn, yawn, yawn. What is this? This feels terrible with Aaron McGathy. <laughs> One of these bullshit. Yeah, it's new and noteworthy, but I don't see it in the top ten. Yeah. I don't see it in the hard numbers. This feels terrible with Aaron McGathy. It's new, it's our, noteworthy. What does our, that mean? Our show is the Adidas of podcasts. It, and, it, until further notice. <laughs> you hear that, you Nike cocksuckers? You're, you're, you're throwing money away. Uh, there's other techniques we could try next week. Nike, next week, we're going we're gonna to start coming at you from different angles. We're going to start saying we like Nike, and we're going to have pillowcases on our heads. <laughs> we're going to have swastikas on our foreheads. I, I would say as a podcast, let's do something less visual. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Sorry. <laughs> we're going to say that was Nike's idea. Dan... We're gonna die broke thinking like that, man. Come all on. All right, all right, all right, all right. Sorry. I, I, well, I'm not. I'm not. I've never been a Madison Avenue type. <laughs> uh, confession. So Chris Hardwick uh, was very, very gracious to tell us about his uh, former life as a fun-loving uh, drunkable. Uh, he confessed some things. Wait, he I, told, he I, told been, us things that he was embarrassed about. I've been going through the stack of uh, audience uh, oh, you get, submissions. Kind of, I, I, I pulled a few aside. There's some really dark ones in here. Do you want to talk about... I, I only have... I'll, I'll read down the list of things that I had on my list of things to talk about. Adidas. Right. <laughs> Check. Confessions. Check. Uh, mustard butts a lot. Nope. Yeah. Well, that's a quickie. We were, at a, uh, we were at the drawing room, and Dan was talking about... 
like people in high school that are like if you have a silly name, right? Like, like some people that they, I was I was illustrating the point that if you had a, a silly name, and this is one of those things that we 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 we've talked at an end point. We've talked about this on the uh, 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 in the show. So if any of you have been here, don't feel cheated. The, we, we, now that we're podcasting, it's, we're, we're breaking out the chest. <sighs> edit out point. Um, <laughs> the uh, if any of you wanted to just yell out, uh, I hate Mexicans. Uh, you should have done it in there. Uh, now it's on the record. Uh, I don't know what that means. I don't know why I'm so racist. Why are you so racist? Why is everything about race? I, I, you're fascinated by race. Because it was brought up, yeah, to not be racist, and I just I think it's something that people care about. We're but you, 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 about you, it. you marvel at Mexicans and Asians and black yeah, people. I, I think uh, because it's like it's like it's okay when you go bowling. Your job is. Oh, to... Oh, here we go. The reason I'm fascinated with race, I think, <laughs> this is my defense of my fascination with race and racism. When you go bowling, you never see black people. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's what you thought I was going to say, isn't it? No, when you go bowling, you there's pins down there, and the the goal of bowling is like you take a ball and you roll it. The uh, the reason why it's a sport and not just a thing that you do is because of these gutters. The gutters represent this thing. It's like by default, what happens is you, your ball rolls into the gutter, and you don't you don't hit a single pin. So you have to like thread this needle with bowling, and I, I, with communication and with culture and stuff. I, I said with, with with our perception of what race is and what racism is, we're so obsessed with it. And I'm always fascinated by the gutter. I'm fascinated by the fact that oh, if it goes too far to the left, it just it just goes in there, it's a, and th and that that's the default response. And I don't know, are we? Are, is the guy that owns the bowling alley the right guy? Is the guy that's making all the money off of us threading this needle, is he laughing all the way to the bank? And is that the right bank? Where are you going with this? If that if that's not interesting to you guys, you deserve Jeff Davis's Mars. Uh, I didn't bring it up. I didn't right. bring it up. I, I will tell. I will only. I, I will take the time to tell Wait, you that. Who's who's the hero in that bowling story? Who I, 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 like? The, the person that's bowling is just any person, any person at all. It's a all human right. being. And what's the gutter? <laughs> The gutter represents the fact that if, all you, right, Mars. That if the ball Mars! Mars! All right, all right. Holy shit. All right. <laughs> Rob Schraub has become downright mutinous. Yeah. I'm telling you something. Talk, talk, he's, he's well, like, I was going to say talk to me after the show, but don't. Uh, <laughs> talk to me before next week's show. I, I, Let's all go bowling. It sounds really, really wild. Or, or uh, pledge $2,500 to the Anomalisa Kickstarter. And go drinking with me and Dino, and I'll tell you all about the bowling metaphor, which I just landed on. I just made it up now. It's fucking perfect. I'm on to something. I'm going to write a book, and I'm not going to share with any of you. The profits. You're not going to get a free copy. You're not going to get anything. Because you didn't support me. You backed a hooligan and my friend. Uh, and also, that was brought to you by Nike. <laughs> My thoughts, on, my thoughts on racism are brought to you by Nike. A shitty shoe. In a dark world, a crappy, cynical, a shared horrible shoe that world. stinks, and you have to, some guy it's has a to spray shoe. disinfectant into it. You put it. your foot in it, and I think there's a mouse in there. <laughs> Nike. Bullshit. The guy that stepped on the Bjork fairy, cockroach, Adidas. Just don't do it. 
now what is your beef with me and Mars? We're talking about the cu- curiosity as as, as let's of do, a let's recording do this of quick. This. And believe me, you know, I don't. Uh, there's been some contention that was erupted between you and me. But I I, I want to tell. I want you to tell people because I'm interested in you. Jeff, I, I'm going to stop me if I'm wrong. Jeff Jeff has become convinced since his tour of the uh, JPL facility at NASA, right? Where he thinks, like as in most of Jeff's stories, uh, those of you who are hardcore Harmon Harmenians. You know that when Jeff tells a story, there's a theme. <laughs> Don't interrupt me. Je- no, you're, I'm, I'm you're ma- talking about me. Why would I? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make up a story and try to fill it to the Jeff, Jeff Davis template of storytelling. Jeff, Jeff goes to a laundromat, and he puts a shirt in the washing machine. And a, and a beautiful Cuban woman is like watching him and she comes over and she asks him why he's putting his shirt in the washing machine in quite that way. And he explains, I don't know, I don't know, I just, I thought that the shirt like needed to be cleaned first. And she puts a hand on his arm and says, thank you. <laughs> and then she takes him in back and introduces her family and, and then she just fucks him blue. This Jeff, Jeff has these stories. I don't think they're false. I think these things happen to Jeff. Jeff falls into these adventures that kind of revolve around. His personality is he get, people trust him and they, they open up to him and they want him to like them and things. So Jeff went to the JPL facility, Jet Propulsion Lab. Is that what that stands Laboratory, for? Yeah. Seems a little uninventive for rocket scientists. <laughs> I was invited by a friend to go to the uh, Jet Propulsion Laboratory, and it was a tour from a guy that works, and I, I won't get too specific about his job, because I think that he was going to get in trouble for saying too much. So suffice to say, I go on a tour, and we get to the, um, there's a tour that everybody can go see, and you can see a little like, mock-up of the Voyager probe and the Cassini and stuff like that, and it's really, it's very cool. I, I like space travel stuff, and uh, we, we, we're going kind of a little bit behind the scenes. He's like, this is, this is not kind of on the regular tour because I, I work on such and such a program. And we get to go see the, uh, the, the, the rooms where they're building what is now called Curiosity that I think last night successfully landed on Mars. And uh, yeah. Woo! Very cool. And back then they called the, uh, the Mars Science Laboratory. Like another uncreative. Uh, uh, yeah, these, these people uh, are real Shakespeare's over there. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so we saw it, and it was just this big, gigantic thing about the size of a Prius. And it's got a big, meaningful, heavy, like, backhoe shovel on it and giant wheels, you know, about, like, you know, 10 to 12 inches across. Like, this thing was mean. Like, the, 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 the rovers were the size of a coffee table. We're going back there with a purpose. Like, there's some, right. some big, robust... Like, the previous one had little arms on it. was like, we don't know if we'll find a bottle of wine, so there's a corkscrew. <laughs> We might have to kill a moth, so there's a little moth in there. Like, like, we don't know what's going to happen. There's wheels on top and bottom. This thing was a bulldozer. We're sending a bulldozer to Mars. This thing's going digging and, and, and analyzing, and it, it's very intense, and the people are very nervous. So now that thing that, you know, I got to see a little peek out. Uh, it's also very cool and very human. It made me so proud of humanity. Is laying on this titanium chassis with these big wheels in the corner and this big shovel with just a good old proper crescent wrench. Just some dude's wrench. Snap-on tools, you know, uh, uh, the Adidas of tools. Uh, You hear that, uh, Nike? Yeah. (laughs) You pieces of shit. (laughs) Cowards. so it was very, it was very cool, and uh, and so we're we're walking around the the, uh, the hallways. I'm talking to this guy, scientist, and he works. Uh, he's just about my age, and uh, a little younger actually. No, about my age, and uh, he, he, 
he works and he flies spaceships and stuff. It's very cool. And I said, were you there when the when the cameras turned on? He doesn't fly spaceships. Huh? He does. What? I, what I, I can't say which one. I don't want to get him in trouble. What? He gets in trouble if they tell him what fl- spaceship he, got, he flies? The guy, what is this, Battlestar Galactica? I'll tell you, look. <laughs> there's not, Cylons? This, 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 is not, this is not an exaggeration. This is not yellow journalism here. I, I was walking to the thing, and there's all these pictures of all the, uh, from uh, Spirit and Opportunity, the, uh, the, the two rovers, right? Um, oh, you mean he controls what, space? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, uh, he, like with a joystick. He, he sends math that flies probes and things around. Okay, all right. around I think he was planets. like Starbuck or something. Like, no, 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 no. He doesn't. He didn't sit in them. Okay. We fly. Right, them. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry, we I'm, fly, I'm, I was raised in the seventies. Yeah, we, we fly them remotely. Uh, these these things. Uh, but you know, and maybe one day there'll actually be people on Mars, because of what I think was going on in this conversation. <laughs> uh, I, I said like, so when you were there. And uh, when the when the cameras turned on and the first images were beamed back to Earth, uh, and you didn't know if the thing was going to work, but you guys are all scientists. You're all you guys watch sci-fi movies, like like you clearly all sci-fi you know enthusiasts. When that camera turned on, weren't you all kind of holding hands and thinking, like, what if we just saw like a footprint or a like a, like a guy running by or a Snickers wrapper or some stuff, you know? And, uh, well, like, 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 like you, you don't know what you're going to see up there. And he goes, yeah, like yeah, I'd be lying if I said that wasn't the case. I said, so like, uh, what did you see? And he just kind of like his eyebrows went up and he just kind of blushed a little bit. I go like, did you see something cool? He's like, uh, he got kind of weird. And I go, what did you see? He's like, look at and he 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 shook his head no, did the throat cut thing and pointed at the ceiling. I'm like, what's in the ceiling? He's like, there's a Microphones. They're, 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 listening. they're listening to us right now. I'm like, what did you fucking see? And he's like, stop it, stop it. I go, can we go outside? Like, just stop it, fucking stop it. There's a, there's a little place next to the dumpster where they smoke cigarettes, where there's no cameras. Oh, yeah. so, so, anyways, when we when the, when the Martian dick uh, goes in your soup, we. I'm like, I'm like, did like, it's like, like Men in Black. Like, did you see a tree? Did you see a? Like, did, you, did you find diamonds? Well, like, I go, like, what the fuck is going on up there? And he was real bummed out, and he walked away from me, and his face had turned like plaid. He was so, he was like really bummed out and nervous about some shit. He's like, I can lose my job. I can't, I can't talk about these missions. I was like, oh, fucking hell. So we walk outside, and I'm like, What's, uh, my, my friend uh, Jerry that took me, he's like, dude, what did you say to so-and-so? I'm like, I, I, he was the guy that, 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 that blew it. I, 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 and he's like, yeah, he's all bummed out. He really wants you to stop talking about that. So then... <laughs> So then we go to this building and we see this thing and they're building a giant Prius with a huge hoe, like backhoe shovel on it. Like they're going fucking digging. They're going uh, they, digging. They, yeah. Which I agree with that. Yeah. So if I, you send up a little thing with a little brush on it, now, and then the next thing you send is a shovel. Yes. yes. You've, I you've don't brush something. I don't think they found um, little, little little people. I don't. I don't. I don't think they found it, like a, a, a subterranean colony. That they're what go race would up. they be? Huh? Martians. I, I'm sorry. I'm obsessed with race. Yeah. I don't mean to bore you, assholes. <laughs> I don't want to interrupt your fucking radio lab. <laughs> but I think it's fucking interesting that, uh, where we... Anyways. Well, you told me that you thought I was being conspiratorial and, and, and overly imaginative. I don't think they found... I think Here's what I think. I think there's uh, ice under the surface that they have to actually really dig for. Because I think they found that. And I think they're going to find, what I'm hoping they find, is evidence of like microbial life or something like that. Where some kind of life... Maybe still exists, or at least at one point did, because it wouldn't be life as we know it, because the atmosphere is so low, it would be irradiated and stuff like that. I think they're going to go up there and maybe find 
out that we are not the only uh, rock right. spinning around. And just as it was important to get that American flag on the moon, you know, well, yeah. get, having a, having an American shuttle come back with a rock that has a little fossil of like a little amoeba that's basically going to look the same as an Earth amoeba, but it was on Mars 17 billion years ago. That's a big deal. It'll forever be. It's like hegemony, you know. It's like we're. But it would be cool though if they went back and we found out because we don't know what's up there. What if there was a little tiny underground people like uh, like tiny underground people like. like and, and they see this giant uh, rocket, uh, retro rocket thing coming down at the size of the Empire State Building, <laughs> as far as they are. How and, amazing would that be? If like everything, you broke up with your girlfriend. If like Verizon's like trading on the Nasdaq, like uh, people are shooting people left and right, and everything's going right and wrong, and countries are whoa, China's dollars above the euro and all this stuff, and then they just dig a thing, and there's little people <laughs> on Mars, just little dudes in loincloths, like. Kevin Pollack and, and Willow. Oh, hello! Ah, I live on Mars! Ah, oh, hello! Come inside! Have a cup of Martian juice! And, and that's why the first... Everything is just like, fuck it. <laughs> like, every guy on every New York stoop, like, dropping a girl off after dinner is like, oh, can I have a kiss? And, she, and she's like, uh, I don't know, I'm not committed. It's like, fuck it, life on Mars! <laughs> <laughs> Like, just everything changes. Like, so. wonder, like that, that one, uh, was it Spirit or Opportunity, the one that broke down up there? I want to find out that it got Gulliver traveled. Like, they, they, t- <laughs> they tied it down, and they're like, what are these things? And then, like, we keep sending these robots up. <laughs> and then we find diamonds. The reason we're going back there is they found a big book, a, a big diamond mine there. And then, then we're just going to send these little robot prospectors up there, and they're all going to be alone. They're all going to have beards after yeah. a while. Everything turns into Deadwood up there. Because like, they found basically, what, what's a 8,000 pounds of diamonds because yeah. it's because it takes like seven billion dollars to ship them back and forth yeah but in the end you make 1100 bucks <laughs> and that's more money than nasa's yeah. made ever uh, but, but, but there's so, ro- so they, everything becomes fucking deadwood up there there's robot whorehouses and stuff like that elsewhere <laughs> <laughs> you cocksucker <laughs> i love that they grow beards automatically <laughs> the robots just have beards because that's you they, yeah, they, yeah. they and, you and need w- to one beard is insane like uh, humphrey bogart from treasure of the sierra madre you know it's, it's... all right well this is the closest we've come to having a thematic show on confessions that was just a random burst of technology uh, if you're listening at home edit it yourself <laughs> <laughs> we talked about mars uh, but I want to talk like we 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 we, we like we people are so good. If you if you go down a line of people, I'm convinced, and I'm I'm not pandering. I think that Harmontown audiences are the best audiences in the world, in the history of anything. I'm not. For those of you listening, I'm not prompting them to say that uh, to do that. Uh, I, I but because I, I, and I walk down the line and I'm pushing the envelope of what we can what we can ask of them. I said because we ask them ask us questions about your job and all this stuff. This week I said write down a confession, and I know I, I'm going to try to can I, I want to try to think of a confession just to get the ball rolling. Hardwick came up, he's very gracious because uh, we need to be clear. We need to trust each other. I don't know if we've proven since we started podcasting that Harmontown's a safe place for human beings. If you've done something that you're ashamed of, uh, you know, and you're sorry about it, uh, maybe that should be resolvable. I'm trying to think of something I'm really embarrassed about. Jeff and I were talking about like just lies that we told teachers and stuff like that. We were pretty, we were pretty criminal-minded I was, kids. I was, I was a really bad 
bad person. I think when you're when you're up to age of 18, you're really a sociopath automatically because everyone everyone teaches you when you're young because they're so scared of you. Because when you're 18, the secret is you can do whatever the fuck you want. You can beat anyone up. I mean, think about it. Like we that's what you we draft them into our armies. Like when you're 18, that's when you're old enough to hold a gun and like and like charge at another nation's 18 year olds. Like we are scared of 18 year olds, or we wouldn't use them to kill people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, we, so we, we found a place to hide them. And because we're scared of them, we tell them very, very clearly, like, like you need to keep it cool, brother. Like you need to, like your reward awaits you later if you learn how to act properly. Uh, the and and, and I, I do think that like young people. But not not because they're not not because human beings are bad when they're younger, but because we put so much emphasis on training. We young people are sociopaths because what they learn for the first eighteen years of their life is that the reason not to do things is that you'll get caught and you'll get in trouble. Uh, it, we, we, there's no emphasis. You have to kind of self learn, and I think only fifteen percent of us do learn later. Uh, oh, I shouldn't do that because I'd be an asshole. Uh, most people spend their lives going, I wish I could do that, but I'd get caught. Uh, and that's why we're fascinated with mafia movies and serial killers and stuff like that, because we're like, what if I could? You all have it within you, and hopefully we captured some. I want to hear the dark stuff. There's some dark ones in here. I mean, there's some, there's some goodies. I don't know that I could absolve you of it, okay? I mean, but could a priest ever? Could anybody ever? Can you ever? Could a therapist ever? But also, hearing it anonymously... You might maybe maybe you might save somebody else here tonight. So let's hear let's hear a couple of highlights. It's hard to, it's hard to think. And we'll to... comment or not, but maybe we can barrel through a bunch. Right. Okay. Um. Like a fireworks display. What if they just right. pop off? All of you are in this uh, room. I'm going to save that one because it's about race. So I'm going to save that one. Uh, <laughs> Too distracting. First, okay. Someone somebody writes. My first attempt at sex was my first kiss. It didn't work because I didn't know female anatomy and was just pushing my boner into her pubes. <laughs> Okay, that's not a crime. That's no, that, that, that's called every. That's just like Marco Polo saying, "I thought Chinese people were wearing lanterns." Yeah. I didn't know. That's that, he didn't know. That's how I. That's how I still do it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, if you keep doing that long enough, it'll work. So. Uh, All right. Um, that's basically well, how it works. Let's see. Uh, I re I don't really like my sister. <laughs> You're already absolved because that, the fact that that's a confession means you pretend you do, and that's your job as a brother. That's the best you can do. I ended a four-year relationship via email. Uh, yeah, the, the crowd has spoken on that one. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I, I, this is why I didn't want to do questions because I'm not good at answering. Well, I'm, I'm not a life master. Well, uh, I, I would say don't try to give advice so much as just uh, put yourself in their shoes. Like, 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 you know, like, for instance, ran over the neighbor's cat and didn't care. Hate cats. <laughs> All right, now we're getting deeper. Actually, that's amazing. Yeah, no, I, we got we, we got some haymakers. That's in a here. good confession because they don't bother to. Say, they're not expressing remorse. Like yeah. some of these, you can go, oh, you you confessed it, so you so it's problem solved. This person still hates cats. Yeah, unrepentant. It feels bad, like a serial killer saying, "Put a rubber band around my nuts, I will kill again." <laughs> Like, and they do that, like rapists and stuff. They go castrate me. I'm begging you, because uh, uh, that, that's that's tough. Uh, thank you. Uh, um, 
I wish I hadn't pushed my cousin down the hill in a dog crate. <laughs> that just sounds that sounds like a story and ended in a terrible mishap. I, um, uh, how about, uh, you, you won't have the chance to do that again. You're fine. Uh, here's 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 a goodie. Here's a goodie. Pretty sure I have an STD. <laughs> Parentheses. Tame one, no symptoms, but haven't told my past partners and probably won't tell my current one. How do you? <laughs> All right, well... Email. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in an email, says the young lady in the front row. In an email. Uh, well, should we, should we stop and talk about that? Yeah. I don't know. We're not, we're not Dr. Drew. We do, uh, but uh, it's, it's like, a guy ran over a cat and wait, doesn't no, give wait, a wait. shit. Pretty sure I have an STD. A tame one. He means no, not AIDS. Not AIDS. But, but he doesn't not mean... But, but he says no symptoms. So first... Like, if you he means know, herpes. He means herpes? I think. If you have herpes, you have symptoms. You know it. No, you not necessarily. That's a big problem. That's why... He found out he That's why one out of three people in this room have herpes. Is, because, is it because guys are dipshits? Wait, why are you raising I'm, your hand? I'm saying it's a he only based on the handwriting, but that could be wrong. I, I, I feel like this is a guy. But it's guys, guys don't show as much uh, symptomatically. So guys, I'm just saying to you, if you're 19 years old, you're here, you're coming to Harmontown, this is, is just good advice, whatever, aside from this guy. I'm just saying, like, like, like the herpes is like, a, it's a little bit of an epidemic, and yeah. it's partially because guys carry it around, and you need to get checked and stuff. That's all. That's well, my Dr. Drew segment. It's funny you said, uh, how, do you, how do you tell somebody, and she in the front row said, uh, email this uh this written uh confession ends with a uh, a frowny face emoticon <laughs> so i think you're probably right about that uh well so, so yeah we, i don't know what do we say to that guy we say you gotta you gotta tell well, first your, of all you do you just you gotta tell it. your current partner because every time you put your dick in her you're uh putting a gun to her head and playing Russia. it's not no, it's, you, 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 you have you to gotta, take your medicine on the, that the if guy you have that, an std say the, it the guy that ran over his cat who's confessing that he doesn't give a fuck about whether cats live or die. He um, probably has AIDS. He's, he doesn't own a, huma a, a veterinarian hospital. <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a person who's having sex with women constantly, you hate cats and you own a veterinarian hospital, so you need to put a little sign on your thing that says, also may have herpes. You got, you got to talk to the girl. She's got, she'll, I, uh, well, here's a, here's a better solution. Uh, have her give you hand jobs until you get checked? I tried, I tried. I tried to make it easy for him. I don't know. I'm trying, is that? I, that's, that's a toughie, man. You gotta go, go get, get, fucking get checked and get up. Also, herpes is hard to, uh. But he admits, or he, uh, let's just say he. Could I, 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 actually, I just injected herpes, uh, I didn't, I just assumed that. I, I've created that. Yeah, 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 because. He didn't be, say herpes. If it, if it's chlamydia, uh, go, go to, go to Planned Parenthood, uh, take a pill, it's gone. That's, that's the end of it. Not that anyone was asking for advice. You were confessing stuff. But yeah. sometimes, sometimes when someone says, my dick has a tick yeah. on it, what should I do with it? <laughs> well, stop sticking it in, people. You're not pretending to give advice here necessarily. This is, this is about getting things off our chest, right? Yeah, but when you go to a therapist and you go like, well, my parents hit me. That's why I think I, uh, I'm a shitty writer. The, the first thing they say is, are they still hitting you? No, I'm 39. <laughs> and they go, I know, I just have to ask. So, any, so <laughs> also, we're also presuming that people want to be anonymous about these. If any of you, if if I read one of yours and you, and you want to talk about it, you want to talk it out. Then oh, herpy dick doesn't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> what about this one who writes, "I've never tasted my own cum." Stand up. <laughs> anybody? 
Never tasted your own cum. Rob, I know it's not you. That's not a confession. It's not you. It's not you. All right. No, that, that, that's, that's a confession. They, they wrote it down. Tastes like salt water. <laughs> salt water? Yeah, it tastes like salt water. What do you mean, what the hell? <laughs> it tastes like, what do you think it tastes like? No, like... My, mine tastes like root beer. <laughs> <laughs> it smells like uh, paper mache, but... Uh... <laughs> I feel like I feel like this it is tastes da- like salt water. I feel like this is dangerous, but I'm going to read it anyway. I regret being racist at the age of five. After a black girl ate my purple crayon, I had to be convinced by my mom that quote not all black kids eat crayons. <laughs> which well, is why, I will say if which you're is why we're going to Mars <laughs> to solve this. I will say if you're going to be racist. That's probably the best yeah. stereotype. Yeah. Keep, keep, keep it high concept. Yeah. Then they're just Muppets. <laughs> hey, keep your purple crayons away from those people. Uh, well, again, this is another one. These are adorable confessions. Uh, so the, the, so far, the cat in the driveway guy and the herpy dick or herpy titty. We don't know who this person was. Uh, the, uh, uh, I, I hate to uh, fan the flames. I one time told my Asian friend to open her eyes only to realize they were already open. I was like, is Andrew Dice Clay in the audience? Is Bobby, Bobby Slayton? Uh, no, if that, if that really happened, then you were probably a kid and whatever. This happens. Little, little kids are fascinated with each other's uh, differences and things. And like, you touch each other's hair, you touch each other, you look at it, you go like, oh, why, is your, why are your fingers d- different and all this stuff? But you don't, it doesn't really register on, a, on the level that we perceive. Race is an artificial construct. People go, oh, you have freckles, you have red hair, you're taller than me, you're shorter than me, all that stuff. And what we call race like blends into that shit until our parents get involved. And it's passed down from their parents. And and uh, 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 anyways, we, we, the, the obsession is trickling out. I am 39 years old. I'm talking to a bunch of 25-year-olds. You guys are already bored with me like being obsessed with race, which is great. It's eroding away. I like it. I mean, because they're really... The, when I, you know, if I walk onto a playground uh, these days and I look at, the, at these kids playing with each other, it's different now because some kids are different than other ones. Some have, some have different abilities. Some have, you know, some, some maybe are better looking than others. Maybe some get higher grades. Some, Why are you going around playgrounds looking for better looking kids? <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because I will fuck a kid. <laughs> that's my confession. Now that's Dan. a confession. Yeah. Especially uh, if he says he does it, he'll do it again. They're just, they're just smooth. <laughs> smooth. Delicious. I was fucking. Here's this is not a confession. This is a maybe it is. I don't know. I, I was when I was twelve. I was on a Highway to Heaven episode. And for those of you who don't know, thank you, Rob. Thank you for the for one person that's forty in here. Uh, the, the TV show of Michael Landon where he played an angel and came down to Earth to solve uh, you know people's little problems from their little work a he day. He helped him out. He was like the Hulk, but with without turning into the Hulk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got less rope belts <laughs> and uh, less flipped flipped over cars. But I played a kid that went to college uh, too young and was being bossed around by my football playing roommate who was using me to steal computer like you know like the, the answers to tests and things like that. And uh, so. I turned 32 or 3, maybe, and I'm at my computer, and somebody sends me a link to something like, hey, check it out. And it's, a, it's all these screen captures of me when I was 12 on Highway to Heaven, but it's all the pictures of me with my shirt off. 
I'm like, oh, that's, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't put that together further. I, that's wow. Like, all these pictures of me on this TV show. I'll save that image, save that image. And I, I look up at the URL at the top of the thing, and I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to erase all the information of the, of, the, of the JPEG and the thing to find out, like, well, what is this website? Pedophile website. <laughs> and it's, and then, then there's a link to blogs. It's, it's all, it's called Forever 14, if I remember correctly. Oh. Yeah. Guys, check it out. <laughs> Um, yeah. Search, search for Jeffrey Brian Davis uh, shirt off. Forever 14, that raises all kinds of. Do they. Well, it's, it's a picture do pedophiles of, consider themselves young and native? It's pictures of adult actors when they were young. So there's, there's Corey Feldman and, uh, you know, and uh, Will Wheaton. And it's, it's all these pictures of actors that were, were, were acting when they were young. And it's generally pictures with them in a bathing suit or with a shirt off or wet. You know, like it's raining out and the clothes are sticking to them. No so, matter how old these people get. Yeah. We will bring them to you in their prime. <laughs> That's the Forever 14 guarantee. Yeah. Fucking rough. And I, I was sitting there. Was, and was, you know what, Nike? If you don't fork over some money, we're going to promote yeah. forever14.com <laughs> and tell them Nike sent it. Put in discount code Nike <laughs> at forever14.com <laughs> unless they give us some money. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was, there was a link to the to the to the, uh, the to the forum part of it, which is like the conversations about it, and they had stopped in like 2002, so like or I, I don't know what it was, like 98. They, they'd stopped for like years before, right around your appearance on Jump Street. Yeah, <laughs> and your stubble came in. Exactly. Yeah, past my prime, <laughs> and uh, and there was this conversations, and they were like, I think you could probably go to jail for any of the things they were saying because it was like, like, hmm, he's like the boy next door. I'd like to have him come over and mow my lawn. I'll teach him a thing or two. And I just felt this hand, like it's like I felt the sensation of like someone walking up behind you and putting a cold, clammy hand on your shoulder. And I can't imagine what it's like to be a woman. No man possibly could because it's too. It's oh too God, because they have a hole where their dicks supposed to be. Well, I'm sorry, I got I gotta take I gotta, it easy. <laughs> take it easy, Nike. <laughs> uh, but like but like women walking through a, a parking structure at night or oh, yeah, getting yeah. in an elevator with, with guys like like th that I felt for a moment it was like like oh like that's like I just felt violated by by everything at once. And I, I felt very like I felt very vulnerable and crazy. Like it's just, it's just the worst. Yeah. However, little boys Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. All right, well, so let's barrel through some okay. of these confessions, I think. I don't know. Uh, I look at porn on my work computer. Not, not a confession. Uh, if, if you're getting away with it, uh, you're a hero. I wish I didn't sit through every episode of The Cape. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, meanwhile, someone else uh, in, in the same room. I've never watched Firefly. <laughs> I don't, hey. <laughs> hey, you know what? Neither have I. Oh. Yeah, drink it in. <laughs> There's my confession. Megan Gans wrote that line in that community episode when they Troy and Abbott uh, revealed themselves to be Firefly fans. I've never actually seen it, but I, yeah, I, uh, I've never watched Community. <laughs> <laughs> This one might be the the, the most um, revealing and shocking confession of them all, uh, just because in its simplicity. I've hurt a lot of people, but I feel worst about not feeling bad about any of it. Hmm. Well, yeah, that's uh, your sociopath, right? <laughs> 
and you know that, and you're afraid of getting caught, and that's the only thing that drives you. What's uh, what's the, what's the most shameful thing you could say? Like, what, like, like, what, what, what's something that you would just be like? I think I think it has. I think it's closely re- related to that. I think the most shameful thing I could say is how little I care about other people's lives. You know, like I, you know, I saw I was in the bar tonight and I saw that there was another fucking shooting. I don't even know. It's like we made comments about it and we talked politically and psychologically yeah, about. Yeah, Dan and I met before the show, and uh, it's that the, the shooting in the Sikh uh, temple was it Wisconsin? Was it? Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, you know, it's just hot on the heels of that last asshole in the movie theater. And it's my first response, of course. I'm from Wisconsin. You know, I immediately, <laughs> like, like I, I, and then we're talking about cover, media coverage. We're talking about whether or not they should have given so much attention to the Joker guy. And, you know, it's just me, 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 me. We didn't, we didn't, I don't know what we're supposed to do. Get off our bar stools and run out in the street and stop traffic, like in a... Spike Lee movie and say, wake up! Everyone stop! We're humans! I don't, but I don't think that other people exist. And I, 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 that is my most shameful confession. I don't, I, I, I think that if you care, if you started to care that other people existed, you would, you would, you would get absorbed by them and you would never be alive But again. in some way, does that uh, qu- qualify you or disqualify you as someone that creates characters and writes shows about people and for people? I don't... I, halfway it, through your question, I started thinking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, halfway through my question, I was thinking about little boys. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. And I, I confess that in the hopes that we all go through that. But I've known people like our friend Daniel Gillies, who's on Vampire Diaries, who before he was on Vampire Diaries, uh, heard about Katrina happening and get, jumped in his car and drove down to Katrina. Yeah, and, 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 and commandeered a bulldozer because they wouldn't. They, uh, Red Cross wouldn't let him have one because you have to go through all this rigmarole to get to actually be like in a vehicle and helping people out. So he went to a neighborhood where nobody was helping, like like one of the like one of the many neglected neighborhoods, and he just um, rented one. Like he, I forget how he did. it. I think he had to steal one because like the government was like, you can't help people. You're yeah. not allowed to help. Helping people is worth and, a dollar. You have to go over to the line yeah, and, and get and, a, a, a helping a, people pin. Future Elijah from uh, from a Vampire Diary. <laughs> Is this, oh, mate, i got to clean up this garbage, man. I gotta. Yeah, he's, a, he's Australian or Kiwi. Kiwi yeah. He's like, this is not even his country. And he's like, fucking, people are yeah. drowning. He's like, Jeff, uh, Jeff was just watching the TV. And I was like, <laughs> I can't just sit at home and watch. I'm like, I did. I, I could. I was like, whoa, yeah. flipping back and forth. Fucking, like, yeah. Whoa, what's Jerry I, Springer doing? I, um, yeah, th- that's my shameful confession, is that I'm, I'm everything they want me to be. I'm a fucking uh, breastfeeding baby on this tube that comes into your living room. I, I don't, I, I have been, I've been, in, I, I don't, and I, and I, 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 that's one of those confessions, like the guy that confessed the cat thing. There were a couple of those were the thing. It was like, the real crime, it's like when you're really confessing it, it's like, and I don't, I don't believe that the confession helps because otherwise I would have confessed it a long time ago. A confession is uh, something that you don't want to be true. You, and, 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 and we're primates, so if you hide it long enough, it goes away. Cat shits on the carpet, dries, turns into crumbs, blows away in the wind. Take your shitty underwear and put it in the garbage. You never shit your pants, we forgot. <laughs> Yeah, you play with matches. Mom doesn't catch you. It never happened. 
If you murder somebody and the body goes away, you're not guilty. Uh, but uh, so confession is over. Here's the thing about confession. No fucking resolution. That's the thing. OK, maybe that's how we slipped. I'm just stumbling into this. I took world history in 10th grade. Uh, the Catholic Church invented this concept of they would sell you absolution like they put a dollar value on it. That would be my next step as I would say, write it down on a slip of paper. We'll read it out loud. Tell it to me or me alone. Give me a dollar. I'll go. Now it's done. Now it's over. Now you didn't do it. Maybe that's not how confession works. Maybe confession just needs to happen and just bubble it up. It just becomes a froth, like a zit on your face. The blackhead turns into a whitehead. Maybe, maybe, maybe it stays painful. Maybe it festers. Uh, but maybe honesty stays the best policy. I, 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 we, we confessed stuff that doesn't lead to us not having done stuff. I'm still a shitty person. I shared it with you, though. It gets, it goes to the front of my brain. I don't know. So, so, so that's it. So now we, now we move on to, uh, uh uh, because this is important. I'm, ma I'm making this commitment. We're, we got the Harmontown.com website going up. I'm going to put on the Harmontown.com sometime between now and the next show. Oh, right. I have to make sure that Jeff and I have rolled first level Dungeons and Dragons characters. <laughs> Advanced Dungeons and Dragons characters. I guess I have to specify first edition. Well, okay. Well, whoa, whoa. Okay. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody cried yeah. out in pain yeah. like a wolf trapped in a, yeah, a little... The, the, the saddest confession of all. Well, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, that doesn't... See, that already gets complicated because I, I grew up on just AD&D with the old school stuff. I don't know. So is, is anybody here... Like, like, is somebody here like a Dungeons & Dragons kind of aficionado? All right. First hand to shoot up. Can you, will you, are you willing to come up here for just a second? Uh, yeah. Just to answer some questions. It doesn't... So let's welcome him to the stage. You'll all be. What is your name? Spencer. Spencer, everybody. It's already, that's already a good. I gotta admit, um, AD and D is a bit before my time, but I. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I, I re I've read the books. I just haven't played it too much. Well, that's why I called you up. Because what has happened since '89? Like I. I, I... <laughs> well. uh... 9-11 happened. Well, I didn't care. What edition of Dungeons & Dragons are we on? Um, I think there's like fourth edition right Jesus now. Christ. Is it better than third? Has it been getting better? Um, third edition's probably better. Fourth edition's too easy. Does that make anyone angry It's really here? done down. Third edition's uh, better than fourth? Yeah. yeah there's, there's, okay, I'm willing to take that as a quarrel. Right. Yeah, I love so it. so much. <laughs> All right. Spencer, would you be willing to generate first-level characters for Jeff Davis and me, uh, so that, and then we'll put them online so sometime, talk to, talk to us after the show, yeah. Yeah, so no we problem. will arrange you being able to upload ha them. Have you been a, a dungeon master before? <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, before I was coming here. Hey, I was take right. it easy, take it easy. <laughs> He was, he was, we, he was, we, we he haven't was, started yet. He was, he was, I'll, I'll <laughs> cast a magic missile. I don't even know what that is. 
No, no, awesome. So you've done it before. Yeah, no, I was just writing some stuff today, actually. Fucking yes. Hey, don't give him the fucking job. This <laughs> is no, I, I've said. I, like, I, we, I just we, need we, an audition. Yeah, we know. Well, we lucked out. You'll get an audition for but, sure. But who, who better to start with? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll inaugurate this new segment. We need uh, characters. Now, what, what is the end game? Are we? We're going to try to find somebody that we actually want. Uh, we'll try out a, like a handful of people. Yeah, we'll play like fifteen-minute segments with them. It's it's not that fair, but either is American Idol. I mean, <laughs> Radiohead wouldn't win American Idol. You need to listen to a whole album before you realize they're worth it. Then we'll start playing D&D. Uh, are, are, are you, you going to be uh, Mitch Nightblade or whatever your name was? <laughs> uh, I was close, wasn't I? <laughs> Spencer, if you could, if you could do us the honor of uh, of picking the uh, race and class of the characters, you don't have to name them. We'll Sorry. name them. Okay. Rob Schraub is having a heart attack. So, so then, part of part of our show next week is you'll maybe you'll present the characters next yeah. week. I I have no idea what's going on. I'm, I'm all for it. Come into the, I, I know I know I'm gonna win. Come come to next week's Harmontown. With your satchels and your dice, I have a feeling there's a lot of dungeon masters out there uh, in Los Angeles, and I think all of them listen to this podcast. Yes, I think. Yes, we I th do. I think you've. <laughs> I so, know all of them. All right. Well, thank thank you, Spencer, for for Spencer, everyone. I trust Spencer. I trust Spencer to say third edition is the way to go. I don't know, man. I when I was a kid, it was you know there was no there were no auditions. There was uh, my my dungeon master's guide had melted wax on the inside cover and like, like just all kinds of notes and maps because everyone felt like you were this close to worshiping the devil. It was punk rock. It was cool. <sighs> all you people care about is fucking Inception. That's all you care about. <laughs> That's, that's your Dungeons and Dragons. Because if you think about it, no, if you think about it, a troll could be a, a paladin. That's mind-blowing. A dream in a dream, that's a six-year-old could say that. Oh, now, no. I, I, we're running I, way late. I, I've never played uh, Dungeons and Dragons. We had one abortive attempt to try to play it as adults, and it failed miserably. Because I was the dungeon master. I'm the worst. It, it didn't work. We, uh, we didn't like it. Uh, also, I went out and uh, played uh, crappy uh, pitch and putt golf with Matt Gorley yesterday, and we invited you, but you were playing Minecraft, which I also don't under I don't see like the allure of. It's it. the best. I, I can't explain that now. You're talking about another three-hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. Minecraft, uh, 1.31. Was that close? Uh, what, was it? Was it? Was it Mitch Nightblade or something? Not Jim Mitch. Nightblade. I don't want. <laughs> We will see you next week. We're going to get this settled. Thank you for coming to Harmontown, everybody. You guys have been tremendous. Thank you for coming. Do you get the people to thank? I can find it. Uh, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's pull them up. I, uh, I should have had that up. I can find it right now, the thank yous. Hold up. Keep it down, Olivia Newton-John. All right. Thanks once again, everybody. Uh, we want to thank Katie Levine for audio recording, Zach McKeever, our tech, Emily Gordon, producing the live show, Danielle Kramer, program director, Dustin Marshall, podcast producer, Mo Fathelbab, on-site director, and Jenny Fine, our fantastic artiste. Thank you so much for coming to Nerd Melt. Also, thank you listening out there in podcast land. Go and prosper. Thank you so much. Thank you.